Hello, and welcome to season two of the podcast, Human Design with Livy. Each week, I sit down with incredible guests who candidly share about their journeys of growing their personal brands online. We dive into their own brand story, their expertise, and their human design. I've honestly learned so much from each guest, and I can't wait for everyone to enjoy this series too. Here's a snippet of what's to come. Success has nothing to do with how much money you're bringing in, and it has everything to do with the quality and depth of connections that you're making. And that actually, when you start to measure success by that parameter, every single day gets to be successful. And then naturally, the money and the profit and the impact will come in. And I think one of the best ways to make your offer irresistible is to speak to enough people that have the same problem, that you learn from hearing the same complaints and desires. Okay, that's what I have to create. A very, very important part of my brand is actually ease, which felt and feels still like a real challenge because it's having to undo this kind of impulse to keep on doing, not not working like an animal, but just actually really taking the time to be where I'm at. You can be expanded by somebody and not have to copy paste. There are strategies and structures, but like it, really has to come from within and it's so unique when it does hello and welcome back to the podcast this week i sit down with the lovely laura phelan she's a one three generator a therapeutic coach who works with men and women on their self-image confidence and mindset she helps her clients understand how their relationship with themselves impacts and informs everything from their work their career, to their personal life, and how they show up in the world. Highlights include defining moments in building Laura's personal brand. She's an OG in the industry. How your sense of self shapes every aspect of your life. Signs you might be struggling with your self-image and the impact it can have on your business and career. Advice for entrepreneurs who are struggling to get visible online. How the voice of our inner critic can become our reality. Navigating pressures of change, especially at this time of year and going into the new year, together with an exercise for people who might be struggling with self-image, how to create a life by design and not default, and then some brilliant tips on improving your self-image as a entrepreneur. I really hope you enjoy listening to this episode just as much as I enjoyed recording it. Okay, so welcome to the pod, Laura. So good to have you. I'm excited to be here. It's nice to be in your home as well. <laughs> yeah, we're doing an in-person recording today, so it makes a good change. Um, so do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners, yes. you know who you are, what you do, and your human design? Yeah, well, it's such a funny story because I thought my human design was completely different to like four days ago, so we can go into that. Um, <laughs> but my name's Laura, Laura Phelan. I'm a therapeutic coach, and I predominantly work with women but also starting some men's work as well on their self-image their confidence their mindset and how their relationship to themselves really impacts and informs their work how they shop in the world and how they feel in everything they do um i recently discovered i'm a one three generator (laughs) i'm a leo sun scorpio rising cap moon i'm a dog mum. i live in brighton Uh, i love bachata and (laughs) public speaking and podcasts and really just sharing my message in the world and meeting like-minded people in this space as well amazing well so good to have you thank you for coming on 
Um, so do you want to share with us a little bit about, I know you've been in the industry for a while now, yeah. so a little bit about like defining moments in your journey, mm. take us through three kind of key moments um, in the years of building up your brand. I love that question. I feel like defining moments is such a nice way of thinking about transitions. So my business and my brand and I guess my sort of journey with everything started when I was, well, when I was super young, really. So a lot of my business was came from my own journey with an eating disorder. So if I think back, my first defining moment would have been when I was literally 14 years old. Mm. I feel like that was my like dark night of the soul. That was my first kind of rebirth experience. So when I was in those early formative years of, I think it was 12 to 14, I struggled hugely with my relationship with food, with my body, ended up with anorexia quite severely. And because this was 16, 17 years ago, it wasn't like now it was quite sort of swept under the rug. You know, I did get support, but it wasn't like now how it would have been quite heightened and, and noticed. So a lot of that journey for me really was self. You know, I had therapy, I had dietitians, I had hospitalization appointments, but I really remember the most defining moment probably of my life was literally being 14 on my birthday, my 14th birthday, sitting on my bed in Ireland where my family are from and thinking if I don't start this process of recovery, if I don't choose myself, my life, like this could potentially, you know, kill me. It was a life-threatening illness. So that was a really defining moment, which was quite literally like a light switch, which now informs a lot of my life because I'd been struggling for months. But in that moment, I suddenly realized what I had to change. And then I engaged with the therapy. And then I engaged with the recovery process. Whereas before that, I was just going along to things, not doing anything. That was the moment I chose life, I guess. Mm. So that was the shift and the journey into my recovery that took a few years you know if people haven't you know known so much about eating disorders they do tend to take years of proper full recovery to to reach that stage of freedom and I'd say for me that was probably around 19 or 20 but yeah that whole process was you know going through therapy so young having to get to know myself it was like full swing into personal development at mm. an age where I guess you're still figuring out I don't know, yeah. like your first crush. Yeah. <laughs> I was like deep in my psyche and getting to know myself and my beliefs and understanding my trauma and my relationship to my body, which I guess really was so formative in my business because mm. by the age of 20, when I started really building what I'm doing now, that was really clear for me at perhaps an earlier age than most because I spent you know, a good six or so years in a process of rebuilding. So I'd say my second maybe formative moment was around the age of 21. I was in South America, which I know we were talking yeah. about, which is why this is yeah. so interesting. And I was literally in a buggy in Peru. Yeah. And before I'd gone traveling, I'd finished uni and I thought, I just couldn't imagine like doing a normal quote unquote job. I was like, the thought of that kills me. What am I going to do? So I went traveling when I was there. It all just became very clear, like very specific knowing that I wanted to work with people that struggled with their bodies, with food, knowing that this process was so big for me and getting to that point of freedom that that had to be something that, there had to be medicine that came from that. So when I came home from traveling, I started volunteering for a charity called Beat, which probably a lot of people know about um, through the media. I did a lot of work with BBC and ITV and mentoring in schools and organizations. And I actually started as a boxing coach, very mm. random. 
but loved it and it was really good for like the stressful side of things managing your emotions I worked in a lot of charities like mind with men that had schizophrenia women that struggled with their bodies so that was I guess maybe the second defining moment of building that retrained in that time as an eating disorder specialist and body image and self-image specialist built that up that was probably second defining moment Mm. and I would say the third I don't there's kind of two really I would say around the pandemic which maybe we all shared was was definitely a you know I was in Harley Street I was really I was very sort of clinical corporate in a clinic what was I that I was like 25 years old like almost feeling like I peaked but then that pandemic period for so many of us right was so I think unraveling it was so Mm. a time of just I think looking into what really who we were what we were here to bring to the world and I think I stepped off that cog even though I was in my own business I was still a little bit on a cog yes you know I was working in Harley Street I was very much doing what I should do showing up in a way online that I should be in quotation marks so that kind of pandemic period was also when I went on a plant medicine journey, working with ayahuasca. I lived in Costa Rica for a bit. I came out of a 10 year relationship. Wow. So that I would say probably third defining moment where a lot of my work evolved quite rapidly mm. in terms of my own journey, in terms of my involvement. And I'd say it's now at a point where it's that combination of my journey and what that's looked like, but more now brought into this sense of who we are and that sense of self. and how that impacts how we feel in the world and and in our careers predominantly. So yeah, I would say those three have been the most defining for biz. So you've been on a real journey. (laughs) I'm sure most people have, but yeah. Most people, the story is like, I I was in a corporate job. Yeah, literally. I was in a corporate job. I I retrained as something that I was passionate about. And then I said, okay, cool. There we go. Individualist. It's been real journey because I think so. You know, like for at fourteen, mm. like you say, it's such a young and tender age where you've got so much going on. And I think um, it's also, you know, from. I mean, I don't, I don't know a huge amount, but I did have like one of my sisters suffered with anorexia, yeah, and um, one of my best friends too, and it took so I'm I'm when you were talking about the story of like you being able to actually shift your mindset Mm. I think that's really unique in the sense that it takes so much because it's such a Mm. complicated disorder yeah to be able to like for you to have the like the foresight or you know those feelings of being able to see that it's only you at that age that can get you out like that to me is incredible because like you say at 14 you're literally like you know it was like pivotal so much, yeah I was definitely a bit of a Benjamin Button though yeah uh, but yeah, yeah like, I think that is incredible to be able to like pick yourself up mm. and I think it kind of speaks to the fact that only you will be able to get you out of this like, yeah how much I really believe that pushed onto you or whatever mm. um that actually you're the only person and it kind of like that moment yeah was very pivotal very mutative yeah um in in yeah the next step of your journey so if that makes sense yeah amazing so um what were the kind of people that you were supporting in this sort of second part like when you were in yeah in high street and um who who were the kind of clients that you were working with and what were they going mm. through so that that point the people I was working with were 
really in the eating disorder space. So recovering from anorexia, recovering from bulimia, and I guess more what we would know as like, you know, the, the eating disorders that everyone knows about and the ones that are very clear, you know, my God, I remember I had someone come into my clinic once and God bless her, was absolutely just very, very unwell, very, very unwell and got her sent to the hospital and she actually emailed me a year later and she was healthy and a personal trainer and it was amazing. I didn't even get to see her, but I was a big part of that journey. It was one of those quite pivotal things. Mm -hmm. But yeah, at that point, it was very kind of clinical, I say, I would mm -hmm. say. It was more in the kind of eating disorder specialist work. It was when I was working with the National Centre for Eating Disorders. And it was beautiful. And it was, when I think back though, I am like, it is wild that as a 23, four-year-old, I was doing quite intensive clinical work. Amazing. Not in the term of, uh, I was never a psych psychiatrist or yeah. anything like that. It was always the therapeutic coaching and the eating disorder specialist specific. I'd normally work alongside a doctor or a nutritionist with them. But it was, yeah, it was intense work yeah. to do at that age. Yeah. And then, so that was that kind of piece where it was more defined in that area. Yeah. And then that's what's evolved since then, kind of pre-pandemic. Because I think even that area for so many people, it's like, remember the um, the thing with the news where the guy's daughter came on and he was doing a news show. I don't know if you remember on the BBC, like, I feel like everyone's humanness came to the forefront. Yeah, oh my gosh. So yeah. even no matter yeah. how clinical or forefronting you were, yes. everyone had to strip back. Yes. And even a lot of my clients at the time, we're interestingly saying they were like, I feel like I'm getting a lot more from you out of the clinic wow. because it's just you. you. It wasn't me greeting them in a pink suit yeah. <laughs> in Harley Street with Ray L Woods and yeah. bringing them up to this white room, like which yeah. was beautiful and important. Yeah, but it. I really loved that when that got taken away, I almost feel like that's when my real maybe so, medicine came through yeah. for those individuals. Yeah. I mean, and you were still so young at that age. It's so kind of like that sense of self changing and like discovering who you are and what you want to share with people because you've been initiated into it so young. Like, yeah, I was literally on a Friday night being like whisked off to speak in Channel 5 when I was 25 years old. Yeah. And I had a moment a few weeks ago where I was like, that's wild. Yeah. But that was normal to me. Yeah. So it's strange how that evolution, I'm, you know, if I'm not doing that now on a Friday night, I'm a bit like, it's a bit like a great Gatsby thing. But <laughs> yeah. that is quite a unique journey and perhaps a lot of pressure on that time. But it was beautiful and yeah. really interesting. And actually, I think so, you know, with your human design profile being mm. one three, like ones are authorities, right? Yeah. They do their research, they kind of, they're curious, they dig into their subject matter and then they're here to be known as an authority. And I think it's actually quite unusual, you know, when you get like often, like I was saying, like people's story is usually like they kind of go through the corporate, they burn out yeah. and then they re-qualify yeah. and they don't have the, the substance there mm. necessarily to or have become, have built up to become an authority in mm -hmm. their space whereas you have that years and years of experience to kind mm. of give you that sometimes ones I feel like can feel a little bit like do I know enough like right. do I know more you know like questioning like and yeah. and and actually you have so much of a strong foundation in yeah. like you know in putting your work out there and you know reputable um companies and the work that you do now yeah. is even evolving, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So talk to us a little bit more about what you, yeah, focus on now and who you kind of work with and yeah. what their main struggles are. So it's really interesting because obviously, as you were saying, that I had this whole other brainwave. <laughs> Livy's just amazing at doing that. She's like seizing my brain. But I almost think what I'm doing now is the thing that probably would prevent, this is a big statement, 
prevent a lot of people from ever having an eating disorder because mm. I believe that the reason we develop things like eating disorders or addictions is because we don't have a sense of self mm. or that sense of self is in disarray it's ruptured it's not stabilized it's not secure it's not grounded and I guess whenever I've worked with anyone in that journey especially in the eating disorder journey a huge piece is the identity and your identity is your sense of self mm. so what I really work on with people now in the core is that I know the self-image piece I guess almost feels like the surface and the outside and the umbrella so when you get inside the self-image what we have is how we feel about ourselves we have our thoughts our feelings our behaviors we have our emotional and psychological world our blueprint of how we grew up our attachment style any traumas we've experienced then we have our daily mindset how we you know access other people how we show up in the world in our work we have our dreams and our desires so this sense of self really just shapes and informs everything that we feel about ourselves each other and our lives so that's where i guess that link between and i know the link between this is actually quite big how you feel in yourself and your career is massive. So it's that sense of self and that self-image that informs your ability to create the things that you want, whether that's in your relationship or in your job. And that's where I'm really leveraging into is working with people, individuals that are creatives, visionaries, business owners that don't quite have that knowing, you know, that have these incredible jobs that show up, but they go home and they're struggling with how they feel in their bodies. They're struggling with who they are. They have like huge imposter syndrome mm. because they haven't stabilized that sense of self and that journey I guess that I've been on and that I've taken people through is what's informed that mm. and I would say is almost the missing piece as I said in so many things you know if someone has a stable sense of self growing up that eating disorder wouldn't be able to latch on as much yeah because they would know who they are and they wouldn't be looking and outsourcing that need for control and validation mm. oh my god yeah so powerful i think and it's so true you know your success is going to be limited as mm -hmm. an entrepreneur as a business owner you know even in your career by the amount of work that you've kind of done on yourself to know yourself and mm -hmm. to feel confident to go up and kind of share your message and put your light out into the world and you can't do that without the foundation of yeah. the self um and so if you if you're not secure in that, then like it's obviously gonna hold hold you back. And it's yeah. such a major piece. You can have all the strategy in the world. Basically. You can have all of the But your what about your self strategy? Yeah. That's one of my like new terms that I'm like creating for like a workshop. It's like, what's your self strategy? Yeah. You have your business, you have your marketing, you have everything else, your finances. What's your self strategy? How do you feel? What are you doing for you? What's your mindset looking like? Because that informs all the rest of it, right? Yeah, because you're never gonna wanna show up and like be who you are. Yeah. Like without you know feeling centered in that um and it's okay. also such a wild journey entrepreneurship i think it's like it's not for everyone there's so no. many it's such a highs and lows and you know and being able to you've got to be a certain type of person who have worked on yourself mm. enough to be able to hold all yeah. of that because you know the moment things get a little bit shaky if you haven't done the work on yourself Literally. then what like what happens you know there's no foundation to kind of hold you so exactly what Which is why i love your work as well because again it's all about that it's the self isn't it yeah it's how does everything ripple from that knowing who you are yeah yeah they, I think they kind of go hand in hand yeah. don't they? They really do. um so what are the ways in which you see people kind of I don't want to say like gloss over this but say mm. you know not approach it with maybe the integrity in which it needs to be to be able to have an impact like what are people kind of 
or you know maybe there's like some misconceptions about it or um because I think you know especially when you're running a business it's like okay but how do I make more money how do I make mm. more? That, that can be a real big focus can't it but yeah what are the ways in which you see people kind of like not taking it too seriously or not um you know giving it the sort of the attention that it deserves and how does that then show up in their life and in their business and so you mean giving themselves and their sense of self that work yeah yeah I would say I see it in a lot in distractions and a lot of busying themselves in other areas okay so again it's like you might see someone doing things well, there's kind of two sides to it right so at home or behind closed doors it might be they're sordid eating it might be not taking care of their body and and not you know, doing respectful behaviors for themselves, not having good routines in place. Really simple things, you know, that aren't simple and that are not always easy, I want to say. Boundaries and how you spend your time and how you spend your energy. Are you living your whole day feeling like you don't belong where you are and you're not good enough? But instead of doing anything to action that or look into it, they will overexercise. They will push, push, push through work and burn out. They will keep going for jobs and relationships that aren't actually aligned they're not actually what they want because they're almost seeking this sense of self outside of them in every place that they can Mm -hmm. so that's where we end up seeing all of these things happen whether it is dieting or bodies or the wrong job or the wrong relationship or the serial dating even the serial shopping it could be for some people it's this escapism whereas this work requires you to do the opposite it requires to you to really get a telescope into the, the inner workings of yourself being able you know it's like this graph that we have in front of us <laughs> yeah. you know, it's kind of like that is yeah. that you have to really be willing to like navigate all the corners of yourself and I've often been told when I work with someone it's they feel like I've not missed anything really? I, I don't miss any corners like we're getting into the pieces of them or the parts of them that they don't know how to work with that they don't know how to manage or see into and a lot of that take that takes courage right it's so it's much easier to distract and move past it but I truly believe it is the number one thing from all the way down to school like if you think about education all the way up into how the country is run like they all all need the self-image solution (laughs) but they do we we all need to be making how we feel in ourselves and our sense of self so much more important yeah than we do and the reason I think we are in this world of just overdoing and burnout and all of these kind of addictions and the you know self-image epidemic in so many ways pandemic and other ways in different Mm. parts of the world is because we're in this escapism portal we're just looking for more success and more this instead of actually just getting to know who we are and why we operate the way that we do because once we have that everything can unlock but in such a more healthy sustainable fulfilling way Mm. so distractions like a big one if you're kind of looking outside of yourself for fulfillment in any area fulfillment validation your kind of worthiness I guess we see that a lot it's like where can I get my worthiness from yeah where can I access feeling good enough yeah every anywhere but myself that's Mm. what I tend to see with my clients is let me access this anywhere but myself Mm. but it's when they access it from themselves like my VA that I now have I always love her story because she when I met her couldn't make eye contact with me struggling so much in her body with food hated her job so triggered by you know other women and conversations now she's like fully booked VA like businesswoman so happy in her life and her own skin just lives a life that ripples joy Mm. from who she is and how she feels about herself and that work has informed everything else Mm. she couldn't have built 
the business she's now doing without that step first. Yeah. But I guess that's what we're seeing a lot now. We're seeing people just launch into the online world or launch into business without that foundation. Yeah. And as you said, then when things get hard, where do we go? Well, you just want to escape or you want to give up or you're like, yeah. you know, I can't do this myself or the going gets tough. Or if you don't have, you know, instant 10K, 20K, 50K yeah. months, then you're like, Which it's not working. It's not me. as easy as Instagram makes it like to see. <laughs> no, no exactly. Not. So that, yeah, knowing you is the thing that's going to stabilize you through all the highs and lows. You can't mm-hmm. control what's going to happen to you in your life. You can control how you feel about yourself. Yes. You can come back to that. Yeah. And I think you're drawn, like we're drawn to that's magnetic isn't it when somebody mm. is like self-assured when yeah. somebody's confident when somebody's know like themselves yeah know themselves and and yeah that that is always going to be the person that you kind of hire or work with over somebody who doesn't have that stronger sort of sense of self although I do think that you could probably you know I'm sure there are lots of people in the industry who've got to a certain point batch and it looks great from the outside Smokes but mirrors, yeah yeah like inside it's mm. it, it's crumbling um so what do those kind of people come to you Mm. saying like how do they approach you um and and yeah what is it do you think about the work that you do that they're Mm. they're drawn to like what sort of things are they saying to you when they kind of come to work to you that's a really good question I've had a couple of these recently that have been quite formative in my own when I look at the work and, and what how it's evolving so I think of two clients I have one male one female so female client was corporate job, very successful. And interestingly enough, you know, her response was when she was at school, she struggled. She wasn't top of the class, but she went through a lot of loss and she lost a lot of people and had to grow up very quickly. So she was very good, but we could say it could be bad in your nervous system. She was very good at really pressurized, intensive situations, looking after herself, climbing up the ladder of corporate and working insane hours and unnecessarily burning out, doing really well in that job, this fear of needing that success, but at what cost? And at home was struggling with her body, her relationship with food, her relationships, just her general happiness was really at stake. So we looked at that kind of level of success and why that she only felt good enough in that place. And then working down from there where that, what we're saying here, that shaky foundation existed that essentially at home and outside of that sphere of validation I guess in that corporate space she she didn't feel worthy at all so that was when we looked at herself how she felt in her where that was coming from how she could nurture more of that how she could nurture her relationships how she could make time for things that she actually enjoyed which in turn ended up improving the career side because she was actually more energized and not so burnt out. Mm. We always think that kind of killing ourselves for success, but that's the only thing you get to. You don't then get to experience any of the things outside of that. Mm. And then the male who I worked with was, you know, he has a very successful business, does some really incredible work in sort of dating and relationships. And his his whole, you know, world is around helping other people in relation to each other have the most successful relationship they can. But the one that he had with himself was what was struggling, which was really impacting his ability to show up. So in more of the, you know, the visible spaces like YouTube and things that he really wanted to develop into, like speaking, hearing him, fountain of knowledge, like so much intelligence, like at school was like insanely clever but really struggled with being seen and really struggled with actually just feeling good in himself. 
So that again was that piece that was missing. It was like he'd reached this incredible point in his career. The only thing holding him back, how he felt about himself. Mm. The thing that was stopping him excel, move forward, landing the TV opportunities that he wanted to was because he could not remove that block. Which just shows you that you can be handed everything on a plate in your business, whether that's money, strategy, whatever. But how far can you take it if you, the energy behind all of it, doesn't feel good enough or doesn't have that strong sense of self and doesn't have that healthy self-image that is going to be the thing that informs that constant evolution and that growth that you might desire. So that's been a really interesting thing to witness with Mm. people in the last sort of year. So it's kind of like in the 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 signs of it, I guess, is sort of yeah. a a fear of visibility, a fear yeah. of showing up, a fear of, um, yeah, kind of being able to take the next step, knowing that it requires you to be more exposed and you to be more you. It's a fear of being seen as you. Right. It's like I can be seen in all of my success and all of the smokes and mirrors and all of that, but can I be seen as me, authentically, truly, wholly? in all of those pieces that's the piece that they're really struggling with which is where outside of work things crumble mm. and like the effect of that you know um I guess what we're kind of describing in some in some capacity is like imposter syndrome exactly that for like yeah in more layman's terms that people would relate to hugely imposter syndrome is a huge chunk of what I now do mm. that you I always thought about it and didn't think how impactful it was because it's not actually something I experience much <laughs> yeah <laughs> But do you have the foundation of yourself? Right. Yeah. So the, and even at school, like, I've always been like, I don't want to do that. I'll go do that. Or I've always been like, why not me? Like I started the chatter and now I'm like, strictly come dancing anyone. But that's taken that huge evolution from 14 years old in therapy. And I, this is the thing. I forget that that piece is, that's potentially quite a unique journey to have been thrown into. Organize a cupboard, I struggle. But <laughs> you know, we all have our things and strengths but yeah (laughs) imposter syndrome is I would say a huge thing that we're seeing in the coaching industry ripple across and I think especially these days you need a sense of individualism Mm. you need a sense of being okay with being seen as you because it's a very overpouring industry right now Mm. you know in any kind of business area I guess that's important because behind all of that you need to be able to come back to that place in you and feel feel good with it yeah and I think as well the, at the root of like you know creatives artists entrepreneurs they're doing the thing that they absolutely love and they're passionate about and they have a yeah. natural gift for but it's not necessarily like you know them being um natural at getting visible at yeah you know or do you see what I mean so yeah that's so of, true they they'll be in their gifts and in their genius zone when they're with clients yeah have to do all this work that's like oh yeah. my god I've actually got to get visible and you know like I sometimes think artists in particular or creatives they they kind of um when they're sort of in their natural zone they hermit Mm. a bit because they're so into the work that they're doing so then have to you know so I guess it goes back to that point like you can have the strategy but actually so what would you say to somebody who is an artist a creative an Mm. entrepreneur who is like you know they know they need to maybe get online show Mm. up a little bit more and they're really struggling with it because I have lots of clients that come to me with this like they want to you know who who they are and how to run their business in a way that's in alignment with their design and that's all great but then if they're if we still struggle with the whole getting visible and getting your message out there you know like how do we move forward from that so how what would you say 
I think this is such a good question because the fun, the funny answer is you have to get offline first. So what I mean by that is I've struggled this myself. You know, this is not something that I'm immune to either. And the biggest and most informative thing that I have ever done is to do the things outside of my business that make me feel the most me, that make me feel the most aligned. And obviously now knowing as a generator, that's really important. <laughs> yeah. But I do think as a business owner, and I have so many conversations with this with my you know, business owner friends, your energy is everything. So I don't know about you, Livy, but like for me, I can't just take a call anywhere. I can't just be thrown into my day without doing a certain routine that helps my mindset get in the space to hold capacity for people, to be in the creative zone, to be able to not have anyone else but me tell me how I need to show up in that day for that job. So your energy behind that is everything. So if you're struggling with things like being seen or the imposter syndrome or the visibility piece, mm. what things outside of your business bring that out most in you? So what makes you feel the most the most you? And that could be anything. You know, we we have a lot of people I work with are like, oh, but I go to the gym or I read a book and I'm like, and, and that is, I'm not, that's amazing. Are you reading books that you love? Mm. Are you going to gym classes that make you feel great, that incorporate social aspects? Again, I, you know, an example of this, and the, I have a lot of clients that start to do this now, which is quite funny. I've always wanted to do Latin dancing. I never did. That for me is just my space of complete freedom, of complete nothing to do with my work, but everything to do with my energy. So every time I go to that class, of course, it informs my work. It informs my ability to show up for me. It informs my ability to be dedicated. It informs my ability to be seen, to get things wrong, to learn. As an entrepreneur, so important. Having my routines and things that, you know, yes, going to the gym, reading a book. Do you do things in the morning? Like, are you checking your phone right away? Are you making time to check in with yourself? What are the things outside of that that makes you feel better in you? Have you ever been to therapy? Yeah. <laughs> Have you actually ever yourself been to therapy or coaching or spent some time with your own mind? Because I'll be honest with you, there is way more people than we think in our industry that haven't. And that's absolutely zero shame. I understand deeply the courage it can take. But if you are in this space and space holding for others, that is so important. And I think something that we cannot um, escape. You have to be willing to go to the corners of yourself if you're wanting to take people there. So I guess to summarize, it's your energy and what you're doing on a daily basis. And that can be small things, sleep, eating, daily behaviors, boundaries, and energetically what makes you feel the best. So finding spaces, things, activities, hobbies that bring that out in you and being being playful with that. Yeah. You know, like if there's something you've never wanted to do, one of my really good friends, Sabi, also, you know, she's learning to DJ, she goes skating, and all of that informs her creativity. Yeah. As creatives, we cannot expect to sit at a desk unless you work like that and just drill out 12 ideas for your day. You'll probably have to be moving and in the world and whatever that space is for you. And the third part is that psyche work, it's that emotional work, it's that responsibility to self, but to your business to know how you're operating, to know how you feel about yourself and to make sure that that's okay. Because that is, again, the foundation for everything you're doing. Mm. And if things go wrong in your business, but they feel right in yourself, you're going to feel a lot like things are a lot easier. Yeah. And then I think that then enables you to manage the highs and lows totally. and the roller coaster that comes with, totally. you know, with this work. And so um, does the sort of 
negative self-chat mm. and the inner critic fall into that third bit about how you're kind of definitely like, yeah because yeah I imagine that voice is very loud for people completely and I think thing like negative self-chat and all that chatter I, I feel like we normalize it and I think it's really interesting how and I've had to look at this for myself I'll be honest like I met a friend last week and we were talking about how you know you know can your addiction for you know an eating disorder or something then just ripple into your business and it, and it is looking at like am I kind to my body or whatever but then I'm not in the same in my work so that how you talk to yourself obviously does inform everything so it is looking at that it's working through that it's understanding that what you speak out loud what you speak to yourself every day does become your reality and that doesn't mean that we should live in a toxic, positive way of ignoring our emotions, but it's being willing to work with and acknowledge the parts of ourselves that don't feel good or the, the parts of our mind that are struggling and knowing that that's an ongoing process. Yeah. And that also that there will just be spells, I think, of that Definitely. in your, you know, in your career, in your life where Definitely. you feel like you're, you know, maybe lacking self-confidence lacking that that voice speaks so much more loudly totally and also so much depends on like what else is going on in your life at that time I think as well you know um of okay if you're struggling that's the other thing like getting visible it requires ourselves to be seen not just our voice but like our whole body our whole you know who we are um, and if Huge. you if you don't have a strong foundation in that, then it's gonna it's gonna be so so difficult, and that voice then starts to speak louder. Yeah. I imagine, and yeah, the, the impact of it is. Um, I, I'm a bit like you in the sense of I, I um, haven't struggled so much with that in my business. In that, like, I'm quite determined. So if if I want to do yeah. something, I'll just do it and I'll yeah, follow yeah, through yeah, with yeah. it. And I'm like, I don't. I sometimes don't see the struggle of yes. it. But don't get me wrong; it does impact me at like various different levels, but um what you were saying about the imposter syndrome so like I haven't actually experienced that so much mm. in my own career therefore like yeah, yeah, yeah. how crippling and it Completely. can be for people I do think it is a major sort of part of this and um and something that's not you know some people are sort of like you're saying that toxic positivity of if you say 10 20 30 affirmations or you do your gratitude journaling or whatever it is and you're still not feeling like you know things are working then maybe it's time to go deeper or... totally yeah yeah I think that's a really good point because I think often as well it's like workshops and stuff are great <laughs> but you have to spend time integrating and feeling into and like you said like living and practicing what yeah. it is you've learned about yourself yeah the embodiment piece yeah. really isn't it because totally. you can't and then I kind of speaks to what we were talking about before is that there's so much integration that is required yeah you can you can go and do a course you can learn about yourself you can um you know like get whatever qualifications it is but unless you are actually living that out in the day-to-day yeah. then the impact of it is going to be limited 100 percent. yeah yeah oh so um talk to us a little bit more about oh, sorry. we're both here <laughs> stretching out our legs <laughs> um the kinds of so obviously january is a big time yeah. for self-image like the media is gonna probably make you feel like you've got to be doing all of the things yes and what would you say to people what's the sort of focus for we're going into a new year now um January can be like uh, a difficult time I think for a lot of people what how would you um yeah best sort of guide someone support someone um Mm. in their approach 
if somebody's thinking, you know, like New Year, like my partner yeah. said to me the other day, like, oh, diet starts in January or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, we no, hear it all the time. Literally. So what would you say to people who, yeah, are, yeah. Kind of, are conscious of going in to the new year and yeah. aware of all of the stuff and the chatter that's going to be loud in the media? Yeah, it's a really good question because we are cyclical beings. And even though a lot of it, you know, we can sit here and say it's rubbish. I think we all feel it in the sense of at the moment, even I've got a few things that I'm like, oh, in January, I'll be looking at that. Yeah. But now I've kind of said, actually, in between Christmas and New Year, I can sit with that and kind of making my own rules around it, obviously. <laughs> but I would say it's knowing that, and, and I know that people know this, so don't think that I'm saying what's very obvious, but there's a difference between knowing and being able to navigate, Right. We, we all know, most of us, that the media love to make us feel rubbish. They love to get their marketing out there. They love to like push things, push things. Like, even Black Friday, like I bought a few things of skincare, but I find that shit so overwhelming. Yeah. Like, oh my God. And I think January can feel like that for people. And there's a real weird contradiction of December, slow down, eat everything, don't do anything. And then it's January. It's like, now you must rev up. What if you start January ill? Or what if something bad happens? Like the media and society is the least individualist place in the world which is probably why I do this work so knowing and navigating is different so when it comes to navigating this time I want you to think about who you are right and obviously Livy speaking to this so much if I'm sure if you go into like Mm -hmm. the other episodes as well like who are you how do you operate what works best for you what do you want for your life for the rest of the year for the rest of the next three to six months, for the rest of your life. I don't want you to think about January and next week. I want you to be thinking about who do I want to be and how do I want to feel always? Who is the person that I like to show up? And what does that look like? What is the thing that I that lights me up the most? What is the kind of career that I want to start building into, right? I want us to think about longevity. So instead of like new year, new me, it's like, new year long lasting you or whatever weird (laughs) lipstick advert but long lasting you (laughs) but it's this sense of knowing that with this new year energy we can lean into it in this really beautiful way without it needing to feel like this pressure cooker of like if by 30th of january i don't achieve blah 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 i also know that for many people in you know paid jobs that they don't have they don't get paid for like six weeks and there's all sorts of pressures happening so go easy on yourself And ask yourself those questions, like, who do I want to be always? What makes me feel fulfilled and good always? If it is that you want to think about your health more, and that's okay, how do you want that to look long term? Are you just on this treadmill of life slash in the gym that you really hate? Maybe you want to be moving your body in a totally different way. Maybe you don't feel good with food. I promise you, I promise you, statistically, 98% of diets fail for a reason. If you want to heal your relationship with food, Give yourself some time thinking about what that looks like. Ask yourself about how you feel with food rather than just what you're eating. Same goes for your body. Same goes for your mind. Same goes for your career. It's easy enough for us to just jump into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And then we're in a crisis of that's not what I really wanted. That's not what I really wanted to do. I hate the gym now. Oh God, I didn't want to be with this guy, but I or girl, whoever. But I've just done it because I didn't want to be on my own. Really use it as a time to get still and, and sit with yourself and allow the evolution to happen. It's literally smokes and mirrors marketing. You have the rest of your life to be evolving and becoming the person that you want to be. And if you can allow that journey to unfold and that to be just a small catalyst, if you will, or a window of like newness, allow it to gently unfold. Use it as a month of exploration, of leaning in, of trying new 
being curious. Maybe you do want to start that new hobby that you haven't. You don't need to sign up for like a month and go for 30 days. Just go once, see how it feels. Go a few times and allow yourself to start creating the blueprint for the rest of your life, not just for those three months leading up, you know, into spring where you feel like you need to suddenly change everything about yourself. I imagine that there is not nearly as much wrong with you as you think that there is. And actually that if you can look at what might just feel better and allow you to feel like the best version or the happiest version of you, you're going to have far better results and outcomes. Mm, yeah, well, that's so beautiful. I think, like yeah. I said, there's so much pressure at this time of year. And I think it's very easy to fall into that, like, you know, like even just thinking about like the Christmas dinner and all the food. Yeah, like, all so the much, presents. Yeah, like everything. Yes. Especially, I think, lots as, as women, you're mainly men a lot too but perhaps they don't talk about it as much but like you're thinking about if you're worrying about putting on weight or you're worrying about just taking a different approach like the way that you took what you're kind of speaking to is like yeah speaking to yourself gently and compassionately and like not putting so much pressure on yourself cannot hate yourself healthy like that's not a thing (laughs) I think we need to remember you literally cannot hate yourself into anything really health-wise so you know heal yourself there instead yeah Oh, amazing. And what would you say to people who are kind of struggling, you know, with this period of time mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, with self-image and, yeah, um, yeah, how they're feeling sort of in, in themselves? Okay, I'm going to give you an exercise for this, actually. It's a very individualist exercise. I'm gonna, I love using that word now. <laughs> Ask yourself, if you lived on a desert island or your dream place, it doesn't have to be a desert, just imagine if you lived in a place that only existed with the people, things, experiences and beliefs that feel the best to you, how would you act? What would you do? What would you say yes and no to? How would you eat? What would you wear? How would you spend your day? Now, obviously, we can bring in some realism around like you have to earn money and survive and you might have a child and that's all of that. The reason I'm asking you this is I want you to really look into what would your truth be? What would the most authentic be thing be for you to live out your day as? And then you can try and put that as much as you can into, you know, this festive period, especially, but, you know, everything else. Maybe it is that you need to take some things out of your social diary. Maybe it is that you want to do things differently. Maybe you don't want to buy 50 people different presents and you can't afford that and that's okay. Or maybe you don't want to do, maybe you don't want to drink. Maybe you don't want to eat turkey. Whatever it looks like, I really just want you to ask yourself, what would that look like for you? What would your life by design look like? And then try and bring as much as that into the now and, and actually just try a few out and think about how good it feels. There is something so beautiful at this time of year. I know about an empowered no. You know, I I know I have a week this week of full diary. And yesterday I was meant to, you know, go out for lunch and go for a walk with friends. And I was like, I actually just want to like find my Christmas jumper, a hat that I wanted to find and spend some time by myself and go on a dog walk. And honoring that and that empowered no, so small can change everything. Mm. So please just, again, ask yourself at this time of year, where am I just doing things by default? rather than design that's a really good slogan mm, for your business yes but yeah it's like how could we like live life by our own design rather than just by this default doing mechanism that breeds so much unhappiness and so much burnout and so much disconnection of self and then when you start doing things for you notice how much better you you feel in yourself the confidence that you have the self-assurance knowing that you get to be that person to cultivate that experience and that way of living 
um, start there if you can. Yeah, so true. Because I think you can't get to the place of, you know, giving an empowered no without knowing what works for you, exactly. what doesn't work for you, exactly. you know, who you are, what you're willing to put your energy into. Completely. It's almost like, where are you leaking your energy? Where are you giving it away? Love that idea, with, yeah. You know, with respect to who you are and who you're engaging with and what you're doing, because um, if you don't have a strong sense of self and, you know, sense of knowing of who you are, then it's so much more difficult, I think, to find it those is. words to say no. It's so true. And I think it's, if you think about, like, being able to think about what you like you have to spend time with yourself to do that and I think so many people maybe feel the frustration or the FOMO whatever and I honestly feel like FOMO doesn't exist when you're living in such alignment with yourself like if, do you know what I mean like if I went to the pub on Saturday night and it's like oh sometimes you know I don't stay out late I, I don't tend to drink a lot these days what I would prefer to do on a night out would be like of a chatter night now for so many people they're like that's so funny that's so specific I don't care it make, brings me the most joy and I then don't experience FOMO in the other areas. But that work take, you know, means that you have to really do the, the self-work first to even know that. Because a lot of the time we're saying yes and we're doing things to fit in. And why are we trying to fit in? Because we don't feel good enough as who we are. And we don't feel good enough in honoring what we need. And that might be fear of people not inviting you again. It might be fear of just actually being on your own. So when you've done that work with yourself, all of that even becomes easier, like social occasions. You can't say no if you don't know what no is for you or yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That makes me, I'm just thinking about like the clients that you work with, like how do they feel on the other side? What are the sort of differences in their behavior and the things that they're yeah. doing and experiencing like after working on all of this stuff? I'd say the main sort of feedback I have is that they feel so much more freedom and liberation they feel a lot more authentic in themselves and how they show up. They feel like they can communicate better because they know who they are. And then that ripples really into, I mean, it's 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 varied so much because I've been doing this for so long, but if I think yeah. of like the most beautiful outcomes or the things I've been like, wow, it's been, you know, how they've shown up in either a current relationship or the formation of a new one. I've had people, you know, their sexuality has been something they've realized. I've had people, interesting enough, Fall pregnant after years of trying I'm not a pregnancy like witch but it's been to do with the relationship with their bodies and how yeah. disjointed that was and what medical professionals were saying versus how they were treating themselves it's impacted careers hugely I would say this is definitely one of the main ones which is why I focus a lot on that now so whether it's been pursuing their dream career starting the business promotion wise because everything that they have has come from that I started working with a girl I think she was 18 at the time she was in uni, she was deep in anorexia. She's now a very prestigious London photographer. You know, she's 25 years old, living her absolute dream. And all of that is because of this sense of self, this self-identity, this knowing who she is. And that has informed everything she's done. And yeah, so that's been the main thing I would say, sort of mm -hmm. career and relationships for sure. And just generally how they feel in themselves and how they show up is so much more free and liberated and secure mm, yeah I guess it touches every part of your life really when you start yeah. to work on yourself it's like inevitably your relationships get better like totally. you know your um career is probably going to change or you'll start sure. focusing on the things that you love and you know want to spend time doing so ah so I'm sure we could chat for like I know. Hours and hours about this. <laughs> so interesting yeah intertwined as well with so intertwined. About, like yeah being able to say no and knowing what you like and who you are and 
you know that's all of the stuff that kind of comes through human design as well yeah. just like what's correct for you what's right for you and totally. um how you navigate life as you so mm. what would you say as some parting words to um entrepreneurs like creatives artists and you know anyone I guess building a, a career um of like some kind of wise words on parting for them when it comes to self-image self-understanding like sense of self self mm. self-esteem um that could help them just yeah two to three nuggets um along the way you are your greatest asset don't overlook that all the investments you want to make in your business from business coaching to I don't know fancy pens or whatever like I don't know everyone's different you are your best asset invest invest most of that in you if you're smart if it's if that's an edge for you or that's painful or like triggering just do it a little bit trust me like you, you need to be doing that yes um second one was be okay with being a bit other and a bit different I think this is something that I've experienced definitely since I was a child um but it's definitely come up more in my business and I think you really have to be okay with it because I do think as an entrepreneur and as a creative, a business owner, any of those segments, you really have to be okay with doing things differently and not following the crowd and saying no or saying yes. And, you know, a really, a key example might just be like, again, I mentioned at the beginning, your workspace and your setup, that might be more important than a friend that has an office space. That might be something you need to give more time to or your activities and your hobbies and the, the way that your energy is used throughout the week may look very different to your employed friends or people that you're in relationships with so don't um, underestimate the importance of that and doing things differently because that's really really important as a person running a business most likely can't just turn up sit at a desk and expect things to just flow you probably are going to need to create a lifestyle that really allows you to be in your zone of genius so don't underestimate the environment and the behaviors and and things that you do every day that inform that. And thirdly, I would say, don't be afraid of the maybe painful or defining moments in your life, perhaps being part of what forms your business, what forms your creation, what allows things to mutate. I think it can be really hard these days and this is definitely you know, an ongoing edge for me. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying you need to be totally transparent on Instagram and share everything. I also don't agree with that. I think that can bridge your own boundaries of you can keep things for yourself, but it's okay to be imperfect. You don't need to show up as a 20, 30 K business entrepreneur in your first six months and like live on a crazy Island somewhere like, and work an hour a day. Like I feel like when people say that's bullshit, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. So allow the messy parts to be there you're still human you're still going to feel all the things that that has nothing to do with how good you are as a creative space holder artist it's probably why you do this work so allow that to be formative allow that to be part of the process um, and allow yourself to yeah be imperfect in that process but know that that doesn't take away from the gifts or the impact that you have on the world beautiful amazing like yeah words of wisdom there for anyone who's yeah feeling a bit shaky maybe in this yeah. space it is it's not easy work and I think I also think you know markets changing investments really? are changing like it's always like I said there's so many ups and downs of being an entrepreneur so um becoming kind of more secure in your own sense of self is mm. probably the best investment that you'll make <laughs> yeah, totally agree amazing thanks for coming on Laura and sharing all your wisdom with us thank you for having <laughs> me it's been gorgeous